What did we learn today? The sixth day of February, a Monday. Well, a lot of different things going on. A young man, 14 years old from Altoona, has been missing since the 28th of October. They have no idea where he is. And even though he had disappeared once before and came back to his home, now the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is doing what they can to help find this missing Altoona teen. Take a listen to Angeline Hartman talking to us about their success rate of finding young people, particularly after they use the power of media and social media. 237 on KDKA, 102 years old and going strong and have covered a million and a half probably stories over those years, more than that, I'm sure. But one of the most important things that we can do is help authorities as they are trying to find someone who's missing. In the case, for instance, of a young man from Altoona. And right now we are joined by somebody else who does that. There is a television show that is looking for people like that. The show is called On Patrol Live. It's on Reels Network. And joining us right now is Angeline Hartman, media director for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Angeline, it's good to have you on KDKA. How are you? Hi, Rick. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. We really appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about Mickey. Give me more about first name, last name, what he looks like, what's all going on, and and how long it's been since he was last seen in Altoona. Well, I just have to say, first of all, that, you know, this family is just, devastated and um you know, he's only 14 years old right so as you know there are a lot of things that happen when kids get into the teenage years it's a tough time for everybody so mickey niedemeyer has been missing uh since october so it's been more than three months now and that's a long time i mean it's really been tough for them and his mom is pretty open on social media. She's, she's doing whatever she can to get the word out about him. And, you know, people on social media can be not so nice. So I, I really feel for her because they're questioning a lot of things. But basically, um, you know, Mickey was home that night. It was uh, October 28th. Uh, mom says that he offered to make the family dinner. You know, he, he cooked dinner. They had a family night. They watched TV. They even had a plan to go to the movies as a family the next day. And in the middle of the night, um, he left home. And the next morning, they figured it out. And, um, you know, mom says they've been having a tough time with him. The week before, he had been, he did the same thing pretty much. And had been ho they found him after a couple of days, and then he was home for a week. So this is the second time he's left in right. just a matter of weeks. Right. But now he's been gone for more than three months. And so, of course, his family's wondering, is he okay out there? Is he alone? Is somebody helping him? Did something bad happen to him? What, what's going on? Is, you know, maybe he's just at a friend's house. Whatever it is, can you imagine for a parent what it's like? to try to go to bed at night and just hoping and praying that your your child is okay? No. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can cannot comprehend. Five foot four, 110 pounds, last seen wearing a black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and black shoes. And again, we're talking three months ago. So obviously, all of those, that information, the little bit of information that they were able to glean is probably no longer relevant in that regard. I mean, a photo of him still helps. But to have a television show like On Patrol Live mention this and to take it out to a cable audience, what happens after that? Do you get phone calls? Do you find out more information? Do you get little bits and pieces or snippets, or is it crickets? What what what's how's that work? Well, what happens? Just to back up, we at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children we have a partnership with On Patrol Live on the Reels Network, and On Patrol Live basically is a three-hour show that um, documents in real time, you know uh, what. It's like a live police ride-along, right, from mm-hmm. 9 p.m. to midnight. Right. Um, and so, you know, as part of that show, they are dedicated to finding missing children. So the National Center um, has a segment. The Black and Missing Foundation also has a segment on the show. And a couple of weeks ago, we featured Mickey Niedemeyer because this is a case that we thought was not getting national attention because it's been three months now, it's possible that he's still in the area, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also possible because it's been more than three months, maybe he's somewhere else. And that's why it's important to get the national attention. Uh, And so when we elevate a case to this level, yes, we sometimes get a lot of calls. Sometimes we get no calls. But the point is, is that everybody now who watches that show is on alert. And because social media is so powerful, uh, everybody can get involved. And they, the, I have to say the uh, audience of On Patrol Live is like no other when it comes to being committed um, and personally engaged with our missing segments. The minute that a segment airs on On Patrol Live about a missing child, they are actively tweeting and I mean they live tweet anyway during the show from 9 p.m. to midnight and so when a missing child segment comes up they're on it they're you know a lot of them are you know mini armchair detectives and they look up the information they share it um, and they're encouraging other people to just get involved and we have seen the show's only been on since July of last year and we have found more than half the children that we featured from the national and so they know the power of spreading the word do you archive those if somebody missed the january 28th episode that was about mickey is it is it archived somewhere on either your website or does on patrol live do they put that on the reels network if somebody wants to go back and see the altoona episode about about mickey Mm -hmm. it is on all of uh, our social media you know, sites. Uh, I know for the National Center, it's on our Twitter. Uh, it's on our Facebook page. I can ask our social media team to put it at the top of the page again for your listeners who um, might want to find it, have, have an easier time to find it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's out there. The Reels Network, they put it on their Facebook page. Um, it's, it's there, and you can just Google his name and, and find the information. Um, if people know something... Do they contact local police? Do they contact you? I mean, I assume that if they contact you, you're going to local police. I mean, is, is the Altoona Police Department the, the best place to start? Sure. So either way, so we when we feature a child on the show, 
we give our phone number, the 1-800-843-5678 number. Right. That's for the National Center. Um, either us or the police. You know, sometimes, as you know, Rick, sometimes people are not comfortable calling the police for right. whatever right. reason. Absolutely. And, yeah, so um, that's why the center is so successful in a lot of ways because they don't see us as the police. We're, we're the neutral party that mm-hmm. can get the information to police. Uh, but every tip that is called in, all the information, we um, look at that and, and certainly highlight the ones that are potentials for police, and, and we give it all to, to them. So, Well, again, we um, very much appreciate what it is that you yeah. do. We appreciate you bumping that up, and so if people from KDKA are looking for it, they'll be able to find that there. Uh, again, the young man's name is Mickey Niedemeyer, 14 years old, disappeared from his home in Altoona, Pennsylvania, back on the 28th of October. And as far as the family's concerned, has not been heard from since then. Blonde hair, blue eyes, five foot four, weighs 110 pounds. If you know anything about him, you can contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 1-800-THE-LOST is one way to get in touch with them. Or the Altoona Police Department would love to hear from you as well. Thank you so very much, Angeline, for coming on and talking about this. And uh, let's keep that success rate way up there and keep finding these kids. Well, Rick, you're doing a great thing by amplifying this message. So we appreciate you so much because, you know, in cases like this, it's important to to keep the pressure on and keep spreading the word. So thank you so much. And thank you to all your listeners. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Next on the program with Shannon Baker, president of the Gatesman Agency. Super Bowl season is here. Yes, there's a football game, but for a lot of people, the game is the game within the game, and that's the commercial game. They love watching the spots. With all the economic news that has been swirling, with the layoffs that are out there, with the crash of cryptocurrency, what does it mean for spots in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday? Shannon Baker pays very close attention to those things, and she joined me on KDK to talk about one of her favorite spots that she knows is going to be there. NFL championship game is coming up this weekend. What does it mean for advertising with the tumultuous time and maybe unpredictable is a better way of putting it that we have seen for companies, all the talk about recession, the layoffs, things like that. What does it mean for spending on what is one of the biggest uh, times to be on the air? And we joined uh, Shannon Baker right now, the president of the Gatesman agency here in Pittsburgh to talk about those issues. Shannon, I, I lovingly refer to you as a repeat offender because you've been on this program multiple times and you keep coming back so you're a multiple offender yes sir indeed i keep coming back for more because we have such a good time we do thorough conversation oh i always (laughs) love having you on and so give us an idea i mean when you see the microsofts and the metas and those companies saying ibm that we're laying off people it would make sense that they're not going to be spending on advertising is that still the case or not necessarily 
You know, it's not necessarily. It's a really interesting time, and this is something I've been keeping my eye on, and I'm sure other marketers have been keeping their eye on for a while now because there's so much happening in our world um, that may have indicated that the the big game might have been pulled back on. You know, the impact of last year's big spenders, the cryptocurrencies of the world, the economic fallout. But all of those things happening, it created space for a lot of new advertisers to come in and existing advertisers to double down and spend even more money. So what we saw last year, Rick, is you know an average 30-second went around $6 million. This year, there's some spots that are going for $7 bucks. So I would say that you know we may have anticipated a pullback, but it's coming on strong for, for Super Bowl 57 for sure. And we're hearing sellout at this point that everything is gone. So at this point, it's too late if you were thinking that you were going to get in. We've also talked in the past about how that cost of being on the air is by no means the entire cost of being all in. How much are production right. costs factoring into what the total spend will be for, say, that 30-second spot? You know, it's interesting because we're seeing a lot more collaborations and those production costs might be wide. So this year we've got a ton. We've got repeats with Netflix. Netflix is partnering with Michelob Ultra. They've also partnered with GM, Heineken, Marvel. I mean, these are big spenders who have deep pockets, but I think they're seeing the value in maybe sharing that cost a little bit wider. And so that's been really interesting to follow. The other thing that has been interesting to follow related to cost is sort of this disruptor model that we're seeing with brands nowadays. So, you know, maybe not all of the money is going into that one spot for $7 million. You see a lot of brands kind of dancing around the big game. You see a lot of brands who there's so many different screens that you can advertise on now during the Super Bowl. It leads some to think, you know, maybe my dollar, maybe my investment isn't worth just that one 30-second spot. And I think part of that is kind of the change that we saw with um, both the halftime show with Pepsi. Uh, after a decade, you know, they're giving way. Apple's taking over the halftime show. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, this was interesting. I didn't, I didn't know this. This uh, was new news to me about a month ago. Um, Anheuser-Busch, they have had a 34-year exclusivity deal with the Super Bowl. So going back to, to the 80s, there was no other alcohol brand that was able to, to you know, advertise during the Super Bowl. And this year they turned that over. Huh. So, you know, you see a couple more um, alcohol brands coming in. And that doesn't mean Anheuser-Busch. You're still going to see all of their, their spots. They're still going to be in the game. They just don't have that exclusivity. And it's because they're looking for other ways to connect with the audience. So lots of change this year. It's, it's, it's exciting. I also remember talking to you about the fact that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Anheuser-Busch decided they weren't going to have the Clydesdales as part of the Super Bowl either. So I mean, it really is sort of a changing of the guard, if you will, in maybe the thinking at Anheuser-Busch. Shannon Baker joining us, president of Gatesman Agency, advertising agency here in Pittsburgh about Super Bowl spending. What about crypto? You mentioned the market valuations, how it's gone down so much. They were big last year, but it was weird because I think, Shannon, that there were names that were thrown about there in advertising that the spot was done and you still didn't know what it was that they did, right? And I mean, are they just going to be invisible this year altogether because of market valuations? I think so. I think that's where you saw a lot of that last minute change. So you mentioned, you know, the Super Bowl is officially sold out now and it is. 
But there was some shuffling up to the very last second here where, you know, some of those those crypto brands, they were saying, hey, we're out, you know, and they were lobbying their their spots to other brands. Um, so I don't think you're going to see a lot of that completely unknown recognition the way that we did last year. That was huge. But there are still some first timers, um, you know, one of which I'm really excited and it's been leaked already. And that's a software company called Workday. Uh, Rick, have you seen the preview of their ad? It's, it's kind of taking, poking a little bit of fun about how us in the corporate workplace, we call people rock stars. I well, have not seen a, this one. I know that they've advertised oh. for a long time and they've had some you know, professional golfers and things like that endorse them. But I've not seen the leaked version of this one. You like it? I do. I love it. It has some of the famous, you know, 80s hardcore rockers. Uh-huh. It's got Kiss. It's got Joan Jett. It's got um, Billy Idol in there. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. So it's, you know me, I like the ones that, you know, have uh, a real big drive for humor in them. And, and this is one of those. So there's a lot of chatter about that one online and social media. I think uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a memorable one. Well, while they're new to the Super Bowl advertising scene, I think that's going to be one they do remember. They do remember Workday. So when you look at these leaked versions, are they just trying to get more bang for their buck? I mean, by putting it out, they know that it's out there, right? I mean, it's it's more than just the $6 million spend for a 30. Now you're trying to, is that why they're out there early? I think so. I think you're trying to maximize it. You're trying to get that conversation happening online because that's something that we can measure engagement so we can report on return on investment. But in some instances, you run the risk of it backfiring. So M&Ms, right? Um, them saying that they're pulling back their spokes candies. I think that was, what, two weeks ago yep. that news started yep. to break and online. had an actress take their place instead, yes. Yes. And so now the question is, you know, they're, they're walking back a little bit. Did that backfire, right? Did leaking that as part of a bigger campaign, did it backfire? Is it going to hurt the brand? Um, you know, it remains to be seen. That's the risk you take when you, you know, trickle some of these things out, whether it's in the form of leaks, whether it's in the form of teasers to help clue in the audience on, on the main event. But that's why it's so important that, you know, you've got to understand your audience. You've got to make sure that the creative that you're producing is going to connect. It's going to be meaningful and it's going to have the right effect on the people that you're trying to reach. Well, I want you to make sure that you stay hydrated, that you get enough sleep and pace yourself <laughs> because I know it's an enormous week in the ad game. And the last thing I want is for you to come back this same time next Monday, just worn out and not able to produce. Okay. So I, take okay, care of yourself. Best. Take care of yourself. All right. That sounds good. I look forward to catching up with you post-game. All right, sounds good. Shannon Baker from Gatesman Agency here in Pittsburgh. She is the best, and we are so glad that she is with us on a regular basis to talk about these big issues as it relates to advertising. Shannon, thanks a million. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk to her next Monday. Also on the program today, Liam Karstens, Vice President of Programs for Brothers Brother Foundation, which is a Pittsburgh-based charity. They are doing everything they can now to help with earthquake relief for Turkey and Syria. More than 3,000 people killed by two different earthquakes. The first one, 7.8 magnitude, the biggest since 1939 in Turkey, and its second one, an aftershock at 7.5 reason for them to believe that this death toll will continue to rise. What is Liam Karstens and the Brothers Brother Foundation doing to help, and how are they able to do it time after time from right here in Pittsburgh?
Powerful 7.8 magnitude earthquake rocking wide portions of Turkey and neighboring Syria today. The latest numbers are an estimate saying about 3,100 people have been killed, thousands more injured as thousands of buildings came down, trapping residents under mounds of rubble. Because of the time change, it's now night, which has slowed some of their rescue efforts there, but it has not done anything to slow the response that's coming from Brother's Brother, which is a Pittsburgh-based agency that always is there to say yes and is always there to lend a hand in these times of disaster. Joining us now is Liam Carstens, who's Vice President of Programs for Brother's Brother Foundation. Liam, it is wonderful to have you on the program. It's like I said, as we were chatting during the commercial break, I just I, I wish that it didn't have to be when events like this, events in the world, mean that uh, your your assistance is needed. How is it that you're able to continue, though, to respond so quickly? I mean, this just happened this morning, and now you've already mobilized to get the, the goods going to Turkey. Well, well, thank you, Rick, and, and thank you for, for having us on as well. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, we are, just, just as you and as your listeners did, you know, when we saw the news, we, uh, you know, initially started just by reading the information, seeing what we could. And then we very quickly, as an organization, started reaching out to our networks of partners. Brothers Brother has partners uh, throughout the world, and we're, you know, very fortunate from our uh, I believe about 65 years of operating that we have these great networks of partners. Uh, and so we reached out to two different groups who have presence in Turkey. So we were able to immediately be in communication with them, uh, hear their assessment of what was happening and talk with them about what they needed uh, in this immediate time, uh, but also allowed us, you know, while that's happening, it allows us to have these ongoing discussions about the ever evolving need and, and, and what we might be able to do. Uh, and, and we stand ready to do, do more as needed. The challenge for the people who are there is trying to sift through and find people. And then on top of that, a second magnitude 7.5 earthquake hits southeastern Turkey a few hours later. And I think that's the issue. I mean, when a hurricane blows through Puerto Rico, right, you're pretty sure that that damage has been done, that it's unlikely that another one is coming right behind it. What are the challenges, though, of dealing with something like an earthquake? Because the damage may not be done just yet. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, either one of those, you know, over seven magnitude earthquakes would be catastrophic Enormous, you know, by themselves. Right. Uh, and, and then having them, you know, uh, within a day, you know, is, is such a challenge. And you're absolutely right. You know, that there's always the challenge of just the ongoing fear of aftershocks. You know, and, and just like here, it's it's the winter there. So their winter, we're hearing their winter conditions, their snow and sleet, making the recovery efforts uh, even more difficult than they would be as if they're not challenging enough. Uh, in Syria, certainly, you know, the infrastructure has been damaged by years and years of civil war. Uh, so there, there are challenges on that side. Uh, we're also hearing that just because of the earthquake and the aftershocks, uh, have done so much damage to the roads, but also to uh, tele telecommunications. Uh, the, all of that has been disrupted as well. So it's it's a challenging search with all of these uh, compounding factors that make it even more difficult. And yet, Liam Carstens at Brothers Brother, this is what you do. I mean, you're not ever going in there when conditions are ideal and everything is rosy, right? I mean, you are used to coming in at the worst of times. What have you learned over the years of how to deal with the unexpected. I guess it's just to expect it, right? 
Yeah, you're, you're so right. And, you know, we're well, one of the things that, you know, I, I'm reminded of every time uh, Brothers Brother responds to an event like this, either, you know, around the world or locally in, in Western Pennsylvania as well. I'm always reminded of how generous uh, the people of Pittsburgh are. And Brothers Brother is a, you know, we, we have a presence, you know, throughout the United States, really. But, you know, we are based in Pittsburgh and we are, you know, our supporters, while our supporters are from all over the country, you know, the, a large concentration of them are here in Western Pennsylvania. And it's it's always reassuring and refreshing to to be reminded of just how generous the people of Pittsburgh are, and that's really what allows us you know to do the work to do the work that we're doing. We're we're hearing from you know the partner organizations that they're uh, they're they're right now they're just they're they're gathering people uh, in in safe warm places and providing meals and shelters. That that's the immediate response. Uh, but we're also looking at those longer term needs to see we are we send uh, medicine and healthcare items all over the world. So we're, we stand ready to send those, uh, you know, if needed. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it, again, it is reassuring to see the, the interest from the people of Pittsburgh and, and the desire to help. How do you decide where your assistance goes? Because there are so many different people who need help. How do you decide that Turkey is one of those places that you want to, is it just based on the magnitude of the need? Well, that's a great question. You know, certainly the magnitude of the need is there and is incredible, uh, and and also the ability. You know, we are we rely on our our networks of partners. So we've had we've had, for example, an ongoing response uh, to the war in Ukraine that's been happening uh, at this point now almost for a full year, unfortunately, uh, and that's really you know made possible by by the networks and and the ability to do it. And Turkey is one of those places that, as you said, I mean it's. You know, it, it's hard to look at the images that we're seeing and hear, you know, those uh, th- those incredibly high numbers of deaths that you mentioned uh, and and not act. And so we are very fortunate to be in a position where we have the partnerships to be able to do it. And we have materials and the resources uh, to support a response. God bless you for your work and for your generous time and for continuing to say yes when the world asks for your help. And uh, not surprisingly at all, it's happening right here in Pittsburgh. And for that, we're very, very grateful. Liam, thanks for being on KDKA. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. Yep. Liam Carstens joining us, Vice President of Programs, a remarkable organization, Brothers Brother Foundation. I believe Robert Mangino has uh, done some work for them on their board over the years. And uh, they are. They are just top, top notch people. Those are the things we learned on this sixth day of February. Come back tomorrow. More learning going on on KDKA on The Rick Dayton Show. Have a great night.